0: Welcome to another episode of Little Talks, your weekly dose of marketing news and insights from
1: Littlefield Agency. Welcome back to another edition of Little Talks with Littlefield Agency. You're going to see a somewhat familiar face. Brock Campbell is joining us today. Brock, welcome. Insert claptor, Brandon. Yes, Brock heads up our client engagement and strategy groups, as well as project managers. And he... Is here to talk a wonderful topic today, but don't worry. We're not going to get into that immediately because we have all the stories. (laughs) Roop had a heck of a day yesterday.
2: Should we, should we welcome our new employees first? And I would love to welcome, (laughs) so we have
1: Claudia Kelly. She's sitting right over there, right behind the camera. You can't see her. Um, It is her third official day at Littlefield. Yeah. She started off on Monday. Yesterday she was in, uh, she was up with grasshopper all day with Roop And today she is sitting courtside.
2: On the podcast with us, yeah. Behind the scenes shots. We got like a,
1: out of a great staff meeting. I thought the energy was good. I thought it was a good uh, Wednesday morning jump start. I and sure would
2: have liked to have won the wheel in the hundred dollars this week, though. And and why is that? Mm. Well, um, take it away, buddy. The, the, the fine, the fine, <laughs> the fine. Law enforcement officers in uh, Kansas saw fit yesterday to give me a, a speeding ticket. Um. <laughs> That I didn't deserve. Like I legit was not doing eighty and a sixty. Going? I was doing about seventy six and a seventy. Okay, but we were a little late for the meeting, and so I didn't want to fight it. And the guy looked like he it was it was a whole scene. So um, which your
1: ticket says you're going eighty and a sixty,
2: 60? correct? And he kind of. Claudia reminded me of this. He kind of, like, stumbled over it initially and walked up and said, you were doing 80 and a 50. Oh, no, wait. I mean 60 and a 40. Like, he was all over the place talking to me about it. He just wanted to write you a ticket. He just wanted to write me a ticket. And uh, he did. And um, I don't know. Yeah. it, It... Look, if I if I earned it, I would be like, that's fine. But that wasn't the – we were late. I was we're, having problems finding restrooms that worked. Um, <laughs> they were pulling people over. There was a UPS guy that got pulled over. I don't know what's going on in Kansas. But From
1: Tulsa to Moundridge, Kansas is two hours and 45 minutes. How many stops <laughs> did you make? Four. Which Claudia, Claudia
2: says Four. What? I tried to
0: stick up for you, Roop, and say Roop doesn't need to stop four or five times for <laughs> the bathroom on the way to Mount Ridge. And apparently yesterday you did. It was a b- I got they a looked, big
2: and Right coffee. behind, and got Chels. Hey, Chels. There she is again. <laughs> Every week now, she walks by. Um, anyhow, she was on me. Chelsea was on me about stopping. Uh, we got the speeding ticket. We're just, I'm just like trying Would to get Would you walk us through, through, through the there. bathroom debacle real quick? All right. So I think st- bathroom stop number two um, <laughs> it wasn't number two, but like bathroom stop number two. <laughs> we we I, we run into this get this truck stop. Uh, the men's room is out. Like it's not. It's out of order. It's out of order. Giant signs out of order. It says go use shower stalls one and two, which I was a little worried about. I run around, to, run to shower stalls one and two. They're closed, and there's water in there, and there's this little guy there saying, like, hey, they're in the order. You can't use them. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I, I leave that place. We drive frantically up the road to the next um, gas station. You really had to go. Oh, bad. So, and Chelsea's on me and all this the whole time. We get to the second one. I walk in, and the same. there's four, four stalls, and two of them say, out of order. And I'm like, who's destroying the bathrooms in Kansas? What's going on? The real crime wasn't my speed. It was whatever's going on in these truck stop right? <laughs> Rooms. So I finally found relief there, and then I think it was maybe 20 minutes later we get pulled over. So it was it was just a,
1: a real well, the crap name? show.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he wants Brandon to to bleep officer <laughs> is what I was going to say. Um, oh I don't know if that's going to get bleeped or not, but that whatever. Is so good well, whatever. Rube, I, you know, I was do. We I traveled cried. to Kansas a lot. It was bound to happen. Did
0: you have to stop? Post-ticket and pre client oh. meeting again at the restroom? Just curious.
2: I think I made it all the way to the bagel shop that we usually wow. stop at. That's uh, impressive. You yeah, me in
1: tears over here. Oh, that is so good. It is such a good story. We even go into Grasshopper. This is year nine. And I think, knock on wood, this was our first and hopefully last speeding ticket. I don't think that's ever happened before.
2: Not, not. yeah, maybe David not. Littlefield
1: went on a wrong road <laughs> at one point that was one way.
2: I don't know how that happened, but I think an on-ramp or it's it's always an adventure um mike uh, at grasshopper comes to visit us once a month and he got a speeding ticket in in november i believe oh i don't think i knew that so yeah we're uh, we're on someone's radar was not cuffed yesterday <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> no
1: God. no i took it calm i played it cool <laughs> oh my gosh what is was like how do you want to open this and the, boom nailed it buddy <laughs> thank you for that comic relief i needed a good laugh um okay we not only have Claudia joining us here in the podcast studio today, uh, but we have a new employee, Joy Holver, uh, started last Wednesday.
2: And sort uh, applause again, yes, Brandon.
1: We're super excited to have Joy and Claudia here. Um, so we got a lot of. Like, it's been a fun. It's not every day is a small business you have a bunch of new hires joining us, and we do. And so it's I think great energy. I love um, Claudia's nice and very youthful. What
2: are you, Claudia? Twenty. Three years old. Oh my gosh! I remember when I was. She's not the youngest person at the agency. We found out. It's Philip by Phillip. what six months. Philip's got Claudia beat. Two months. Two yeah. months. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Philip still the youngest. So we we welcome Joy.
1: We welcome Claudia, and we welcome Brock. Brock is uh, here today. We've got one topic. Um, this was
2: Brock's idea. Yeah. He. So here's what happened. We had an idea for the topic, and it's based. <laughs> and it's. It's based off of uh, the, the stuff we post up on LinkedIn. So yesterday you probably saw the new article about uh, B2B marketing challenges. Yep. Uh, you can read all about those. And, and I, usually I'll tell you that goes into more depth than what we're going to do here today. I was showing this to Brock, and he actually had way better ideas for today's script and yeah. podcast. So he, he, he wrote today's script and today's talking points. They're way better than anything I would have come up with. because I, I've got to show this, Brock. Why wouldn't they be? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Normally, Roop has like one line, talk about this, two bullet points. This is Brock's script today. <laughs> amazing it's
2: a, it's fantastic so it's we're gonna really, go through brock's script, we, have, not we have
1: high hopes for this uh, wonderful topic um which we are talking
2: what is going on with brandon he's ready deer? for
1: us to introduce the topic okay we are talking to you mr or mrs b2b marketer and the challenges that you face in the world of the dealership distribution networks
2: yeah and we have a lot of clients that live in this world. And Brock
1: lives in this and world. And Brock lives in this Every world. Every day yeah. with our clients, um, there are always challenges, that, which challenge to me means opportunity. So Brock, would love for you to walk us through some of your thoughts and what you deal with on a daily basis. And, and then we'll get eventually to some, hey, here's how this can eventually and hopefully be um, an opportunity. Yeah. Please. absolutely,
0: Welcome. Hey, thanks. I think the biggest challenge, you think about dealer marketing and you say... Ideally, you want to try to take a local approach. You think about it. There's a dealer. We're sitting in Tulsa, Oklahoma. There's a dealer in Sacramento, California. Okay. And it's easy for us to go, hey, that's just a place on the map. But the reality is that dealer has in a, a principal. That dealer has a general manager. That dealer has employees. That dealer has Competition audiences, but taking that localized approach is easier said than done. You think about that's easy enough if you've got fifty exclusive dealers across the nation. Still a bit of a challenge, but let's say you've got a thousand (laughs) rainbow dealers across the nation. You're not really going to be able to go in and take that localized approach, teaching every dealer. So it's that balance of a good dealer marketing program is going to have some of that off the shelf quality. It just is. You're not going to do a customized plan for every dealer out there, but being able to balance that and to be able to identify, okay, frankly, which of the dealers. Are on a different level, a different tier. We call them tiers. No dealer's going to want to hear, you're a tier three for us, but that's the reality. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. as a marketer, you got to say, whatever the criteria, maybe it's sales volume, these group of dealers are a tier one. We're going to go in, we're going to uh, do a more customized marketing plan for those dealers, probably still going to be some similarities from dealer to dealer. But frankly, your tier two, tier tier two, tier three dealers, they get an off the shelf dealer program. They just do. And less uh, any of the the folks listening and have a a dealer marketing staff of a dozen people, which they don't. That's just the reality
2: of it. And that customization's happening in the creative, in the media, like, they're, they're not all the same. So, Yeah, that's a really
0: good point. The the creative, generally speaking, will have customized creative. There are some tools we can use for just about any dealer, or they can customize it themselves through the tools that we offer. But the media it is a big deal as far as the media channels that we're in and how we use those and how we can use those for different dealers, knowing that, again, that top priority dealer is going to get probably a different media mix, different media budgets, but there's a lot of factors there too. You know, you think about media cost, but that's again where you have to decide as a brand, okay, this dealer right here, high priority for me. Let's say they're in Chicago, mm-hmm. very expensive media market. Yes. There's a balance there too. So I guess the, the point is there's just a lot to balance and the first step in that is identifying your high priority, frankly, most important
1: dealers. That's a great point. Last, uh, so what I love about Brock He's very transparent and how up to speed he is on our Little Talks podcast. <laughs> he's usually a month behind, which is, that's okay. He's consistent. He's, 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 he's consistent. So, Brock, a few weeks ago, we had a, a B2B salesman, Scott Lloyd, was on the podcast. And I think that was three weeks ago. Yeah. He doesn't deal with dealerships, but his whole point on the podcast is he's so focused on sales, marketing is an afterthought. And you working with our clients and on the dealer level, whether it's tier one or tier three, do dealers care about marketing? Oh, gosh. Please be honest.
0: It varies. Yeah. You know, and that's another, I guess, another factor. You think back to the original point, uh, what are your highest priority dealers? I guess it's it's also the dealer that will engage. Right, Mm -hmm. right. So you might have a high volume dealer, and their level of engagement with marketing is very low, that might kick them out of that top priority. So it really varies. It's a great question, Sam. Some dealers tend to be engaged with marketing, they see the value in it. Some don't, you know, you think about what can marketing do for them. And that's the point we try to make. And a lot of times it's in the form of leads. So we know that, I know we're working on it, especially Roop. Roop could talk for an hour about ways that we're working on trying to connect that lead we get for a dealer all the way through to a sale. Sometimes the best we can do is to capture that and to say that was a lead that was delivered to the the dealer, uh, short of being able to, to tie it to a sale. But a dealer has to see the value in that. If they don't see a value in the lead, then
2: frankly... They won't see a value in marketing. Yeah, and if, if they don't, that's where a, you know a good CRM steps in. So yeah, if you've is. got a Salesforce or a HubSpot or something like this, you have an opportunity to learn more about that lead before you pass it along, Qual- pre-qualify it, mm-hmm. uh, see if it's ready to be passed along yet. Sometimes, sometimes people need to be nurtured, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what where a good CRM kind of can step in and do some of that heavy lifting for, um, for you and for your dealers. And you're
1: looking at that every day. Right. Like, yeah, here, from the market, it so a great point. We always say, you know, we marketing is trying to soften the beaches for sales. And for someone that's not ready to dip their toe in the water, it's OK mm-hmm. to nurture them along. Um, and I understand dealerships. What do they need to move product and to sell things?
2: Yeah. But they also don't want their time wasted. So yes, if they're, good point. <laughs> if they're just point. getting raw shotgun leads coming at them at some point, they, they tune that out and they say, you know, this brand is not giving me quality. I, I they're not just, I'm wasting my time with this. Um, so we do have like, grasshoppers great at this, actually. They do a lot to really kind of get that lead prepped before it, hand, it goes off to um, the dealer. That is and awesome. And that keeps the dealer active, a little more active for them. And,
0: and you've got to have a feedback loop from your dealers. Yes. I think that is, is huge and, and worth mentioning in that. It doesn't have to be a, a, even a really structured or even automated dealer feedback mm-hmm. loop, but you got to know how are those leads. So dealer X... We sent you 20 leads last month. Anecdotally, how were they? And if that dealer, to point, if 19 out of 20 of those were frankly not worth their time, the next month, 19 out of 20 aren't worth their time, they're going to stop following up. And I can't say that I blame them a lot so it's not just about how can we get a, a more of a quality lead to them we got to have their feedback and sometimes again if you've got that top top priorities yeah. of dealers give them a call yes. give them a call every couple months check in see how are the leads from a quality standpoint that we're sending you
1: how are they doing that is awesome yeah closing the loop and deep. you're and are you saying brock on that note from like a rain what we call rainbow dealers you know could be a thousand to certified, you know, dish switch dealers. You're saying on all fronts that should be something that should be happening.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, obviously, if you've got a smaller dealer network, especially if they're an exclusive dealer, there's probably a There is some natural communication that's built in from marketing to dealer but if you've got rainbow dealers again prioritize those maybe you make phone calls every other month to 10 and you make
2: phone calls every six months to 30 right. those aren't magic numbers but never you know never. what I mean there's got to be some feedback and, and not not for nothing make those calls because nothing beats the human interaction people yep. like that attention Thank you, but even when you if say you've got I'm going to say 20,000 dealers. Who has 20,000? Someone has 20,000 dealers, right? I don't think so. Well, okay, maybe. We'll find out. Uh, but say you've got more than you can call. Slow down over there, Mr. Brady. I <laughs> had a rough week, Count 50,000. But, um, but say you have a, a ton of dealers, and so there's the ones you have priority, you're calling, you're, you're, you're nurturing those dealers along as well. There's some stuff we can do. I'm going to hype CRM this episode again. There's stuff you can do in the CRM that can make that outreach and that check, closing that loop, uh, pretty easy as well. So there's pretty... there's. I'll just say there's opportunities. You can follow up with them and make it as easy as, was this lead good, yes, no? And you're, you're clicking a button, you're getting that feedback from the user just, or the dealer. You're trying to make it as, as simple as possible, but you know, your first option should be to call them. Oh, that's,
1: yeah. that's great.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, and you look at it, and I know we're doing some work, Roop, and, and you're doing some work. How can we get more integration into the CRM? What we'd love to see, obviously, if a dealer can see that, usually a dealer will get... As much as we might like them in the CRM, sometimes they get those leads via email, Mm -hmm. right? They they get the lead via email, and how can we get any kind of automated or feedback from From them them via email? That's a tough one. Uh, The phone call is great, but would love for them to be able to give feedback on a per-lead basis even.
1: Yeah, Brock, I don't want to get into the details, but um, I look back at the last 30 days and a lot of the uh, calls I've had with prospective clients that are very much in the B2B manufacturing space, Treetop level co-op pro, uh, programs mm-hmm. from a, what I'm going to call corporate to the actual dealership. Do you find that that is, whether it's a tier one or tier three dealer, um, good incentive to show that corporate is playing a role in supporting said dealer? Yeah. Are you seeing successes there?
0: You know, it varies. Uh, just being real. Yeah, and be I real. think we're real, you know, it, it, co-op programs in a nutshell, you know, the, the factory, the brand wants the, the dealer to be uh, buying TV and they'll reimburse them 50%. The dealer says, hey, we just ordered a bunch of hats, reimburse me. You know, <laughs> it, it's really that that gap that between, or up. actually hats, or it's, you know, hey, local golf sponsorship. Well, that's not on our list of approved, you know, tactics that are reimbursable. Yeah. So I think to answer your question, the biggest tension usually lies there. And anybody that works has worked on dealer programs will smile with me because that is the reality but uh the reality also is any exposure usually about any exposure that's positive that you can get that's a positive thing so from a, a factory mm-hmm. standpoint okay. from a brand standpoint it's okay are they getting they the dealer getting your brand out there in a positive way and if the answer is yes that's a good thing. And if there's some reimbursement that's associated with that, hey, you're getting local exposure. And the local exposure, while we can get a whole lot of national exposure, that local exposure is also normally with a dealer, whether it's face-to-face or whether it's in another uh, media channel or venue. And that's, in a way, probably even more meaningful Hmm. because it's dealer-specific. I love that.
1: If there was one key takeaway, would it be your point earlier about qualified leads? What would you say just in the sense of this topic alone?
0: Actually, if there has to be one, it's that feedback
1: loop. Feedback loop. I like Absolutely. That. Yeah. Gotta hear,
0: are these leads good? Because if they're not, the dealers are not gonna stay engaged. Great.
1: Fair, fair enough. We see it every day on the prospective side, on our client side, and you have an unengaged dealer and it's tough. And so I think that's that's a great tip. And there's your opportunity. Yeah. Glass half full, baby. Love it. Love it. Okay. Brock, thank you for joining us. You bet. Claudia, thanks, thanks for, for hanging me. out with us and welcome. And folks, if I have one tip for you, drive the speed limit. We'll see you next week.
2: <laughs> Kansas. Bye.
1: Bye. Thank you.
0: And that's a wrap. We hope you've enjoyed our little chat and found ways to grow your own marketing strategies. Remember to subscribe wherever every listen to podcasts and follow us on social media at Littlefield Agency.